Blog Talk Radio. The Go Radio Network and blogtalkradio.com presents The Comedy Shack. Greetings and salutations to you. I am your host, Joey Harris. Thank you for joining me this week back again here at the home studio. I was out and about last week, but I am back here and ready to bring you another great episode in our Comedy Shack saga, as we call it. But first, a long overdue return to one of our segments of the week. This is the joke of the week, and I have to tell you, it has to do with my longtime, good, close, personal friend of 15 years. Oh, I'm sorry, not 15, 25 years. I need to add 10 years to our friendship. Wow, 25 years. But my good time, long, close personal friend, uh, 25 years, that is my good friend, Bubba, and a uh, story about him when he was in his younger days. You see, here in Macon, the pickings were slim so to say, when we were growing up among the female population. We didn't think that having a girlfriend or any kind of uh, sexual relations was going to happen to any of us. But when he was about 17, a new girl moved into town from up north, Richmond, Virginia. And she was a little bit faster than the Nathan girls coming from a town up north, and uh, she told Bubba, she said, Bubba, if you take me to the driving Saturday night, I will show you a glimpse of having you. So we've got one of the only driving left close to us, the Rotter Road driving. And she said, I will show you a glimpse of heaven, but she got to get some protection. And so he knew what that meant. Uh, you can't go into town for that. you got to go into a different town for that. So he went to the little town of Littleton. And he goes up to the druggist and said, I'll have a condom. And the druggist said, hot date, huh? He said, oh, I can't miss. He gets his condom. He leaves. He goes to pick her up on Saturday night. She comes to the door, and she is a vision of love. Got her hair all cheesed up and lots of nice makeup, and you know, and, and you know, smell very nice with the perfume and all of that. And she says, Bubba, uh, before we go to the driving, I'd like you to come in and meet my parents. And he said, Okay. And he comes in, the parents are playing Monopoly. And, and he meets them and he turns to her and says, Honey. Instead of going to the driving tonight, why don't we sit here and play Monopoly with your parents? And she said, do what? And so they did. They sat down and he had his, uh, I believe he said he was the dog, maybe the race car. Anyway, he played till 1030 on the clock. And he had all his motel, St. James Place, and the Reading Railroad, and all of that, and he finally looks up and says, well, it's been a wonderful evening, but I've got to get on home today. So he gets up and he eats. 
she follows him down to the car, the girl. She's madder than them. She says, I never knew you were such a fan of Monopoly. And he looks at her and says, I never knew your daddy was no druggist either. So it just goes to show you you can't win. Sometimes you can't even tie. Anyhow, moving right along, as they say, how was your week? Did you have a good week? My week was, eh, well, let me tell you about my week. First of all, I said that I was on the road last week. The commonplaceness for this show means that uh, sometimes if I have a late engagement or something to go go to, I will drive for about an hour before I have to do the show, pull over and do the show somewhere and continue on, you know, make it more convenient that way than doing the show here from the home studio and then leaving. You just put yourself behind. You know. Through the miracle of electronics and tectronics, we now have the ability to do this show from pretty much everywhere and anywhere. So I was having a friend out last week to set up a TV. And so I left before again, and it got to be about 15 minutes before 7. So I said the next exit that I find, I will pull over, do the show, and then continue driving. Well, fortune shined upon me, and the next exit that I found just happened to be the exit for the local welcome center, kind of like a rest stop. Pulled it in there, and went out and went and used the restroom and came back and got into a good spot and relaxed. And this was not a heavily uh, involved or frequented rest area, I guess. Not heavy foot traffic. The things that I saw, people. The things that I saw. I'm in the middle of telling my story last week, and I look over, and I think I see two people, how should I say this, in Congress with one another inside of a truck or a SUV, rather. It lasted 20 minutes, so you think one something that tissue going on it's either something of a drug or actual nature. If I looked up a drug nature, then it would have lasted nowhere near 15 But, you know, I'm not the police. I'm not these people's moral guidance center. They can do what they want to do. I mean, they did. If that any help from me. But the things you see when you don't know them them, huh? But regardless of that little pickup, I went and finished the broadcast, signed off, and continued on my way to our friend's house. And when I got there, she and I enjoyed some pizza, and then I helped her install a brand new. 50-inch uh, television, one of these smart TVs has wireless capabilities. I think you can even do your taxes for you. 
you know how to program it correctly. All I know is that, you know, you stick a wire in here or a plug in there, uh, put the stand next to this other thing, screw that in, and set it up, and then run all kinds of cables and wires, and, and I don't know, this thing was more wired than a uh, meth dealer at a crackhead picnic. So we finally got it up and got everything set up correctly, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't connect to the internet. It said it was connecting, so she finally had to get tech support on it the next day and do something with the router. So there you go. That was my Saturday night. The next day was a beautiful Sunday here in the great state of North Carolina. And in the great state of North Carolina, at least in my neck of the woods, it was homecoming. Homecoming at the church is a great tradition that goes back many years in many different churches. Scuttlebutt around there was something that was in the local paper, something that I had missed, something that my dad had missed. My mom had called it, but she thought the wing. So for four days, it had been well known to everybody except for two thirds of the heirs household that I had been approved to become a substitute teacher at our local school system. Yay, wonderful, terrific. Kind of hard to know that when you don't know that. I know it sounds oxymoronic, but Believe me, if you look at it under close scrutiny, it all comes together and makes sense. So I was finally approved to be a substitute teacher. But I didn't know exactly what I needed to do. Was I just going to list? Was I just going to call? Who knew? So I set out to time out on Monday. I was going to be cleaned up and go over to the main office. I knew you have bothered, but I didn't know that at the time. That when I finished my sitting there relaxing and letting me digest, and I got the calls coming. The local middle school needed someone to substitute half a day for an eighth grade math class. I said I would do it. I would be happy to do it. They said, be here by 1130. Do you know where we are? Absolutely. And thank you, and have a nice day. So this is the call I've been waiting for, folks, the call to come in. The call to come in had come in, and I was there to took a bath, shave, brush my teeth, got myself presentable, put a shirt, and tie, nice pants, nice suits. Packed a small shoulder bag with a couple of notebooks and a book. And headed in. I got there at 11 15. And put on my wood wall that I was taking in small step back into the journey of my second half of my life. You know, 
a small step, it's still a step. And after 15 months, I need to take any step. I never want to begrudge anybody anything. And I just left last year, wherever I ended up, I'm going slowly on myself. But it felt good to take a small step. I updated that on my Facebook. Turned my phone off. Got out of the car and headed into the school. Now, this school was built starting around 1991. And it was supposed to be ready in the fall of 1900. It was not completely ready. It was important to me because at the time, local county schools had two middle schools that were going to consolidate to become one middle school. We were all that we could do. So we went to one of the middle schools, the old middle schools, for half a year. But in January, we christened the place. I was part of the first graduating class for us, Warren County Middle School. In the spring of 1992, I was in eighth grade. Now, 21 years later, I returned to the middle school. And I joke on Facebook that when I stepped through the door, it was like there was a tremble in the force. Almost as if the school was saying, what are you doing back here? Because I can tell you that there's probably not a person left from 21 years ago. I mean, all of my teachers were gone. All the teachers I had that demonstrated going through after 21 years, probably the teachers who came after them. Maybe the teachers who came after them. The teaching profession being a high turnover profession that time. I was back. I walked into the office and there were four students around and one older man there to pick someone up. So the young lady who came to pick up came in, dressed out of her uniform, khaki pants, and into a pair of pajamas. Uniform man, instead of just regular clothes that we wore. But some had this negative that yet. Finally, someone halfway into it came in. And said, can I help you? I said, yes, ma'am. I'm here to uh, substitute. My name is Joseph Harris. And I came and peeked into an office. And said, Joseph Harris is here to substitute. And they found out, yes, he did a substitute in math class for his grade. And so they gave me a little sign-in sheet. And I signed at the bottom under all the substitutes who were there for a whole day, leaving there for just a half day. And they said, Head out these doors, go down this hall, almost all the way to the end. It will be on the right, room 14. Now, as you get older, usually, 
things start to get smaller. But walking down that hall after 21 years, it seemed a lot longer than I remembered it because I was misremembered part of it. I had forgotten that part of that hall was a long hall in the 6th and 7th grade uh, when split off from Then it all started to come back to me as I passed him. And I realized something. You really can't go home again. It's not really the same as it was when you left. Now, if for some reason I had God forbid been held back in 92 and had the PPA break, coming back after three months or two months, school would not appear any different. And then back after 21 years, it has a little bit. But I stepped into room 14, knocked on the door. The teacher begged me welcome. He was very nice, very accommodating. He had written down everything perfectly and also went over with me and with the class. And so I felt really good. He thanked me profusely and then left. I got to look around while the classes were working on their assignment and realized that I had been in this classroom except instead of math, I took science. Math with Mrs. I mean science with Mrs. Williams. Mrs. Williams. Now there was a block stock and two smoking barrels for you. This lady was a trip and a half. Now, I'm not the type to do but I'll repeat what you call. I may laugh, but I never called it this because my goal for a long time, I realized this probably in seventh grade, was to keep your head down and just keep it hanging until maybe you can take your actual place in this world. But at least I could. My place in this world kind of halfway sort of figuring things out that you don't know, got to college. But how do you get in college? You study. And at least for me, you have to graduate high school. Graduate high school, you got to get to high school. When you get to high school, you got to get to business Williams. Eighth grade, fine. She was a short, stout woman. And the woman only had one eye. Well, she had two eyes, but one of them was not real. I don't know what it was made of. Some people said it was a glass eye. So, after the junior thing, now it's under calling a one eyed Willie. Again, I'm just keen. I did it. That father always taught me to keep to kill my teachers with kindness and treat them with respect, even if you didn't think they deserved deserve respect. So, while I was there on one day, I looked around for her eyeball, but she must have taken that with her. It did bring back another memory, though. Even in the early 90s, we had a subject here. 
And Mrs. Williams was always trying to turn the new break. We were about 10 days out of graduation, and she calls the knuckle. We were staying in earthquake, and she made up a worksheet that said racial earthquake about something that had happened, and people had a field day with it. Unfortunately, they had a field day because my parents found it. And unfortunately, my parents found it because the idiot son that they had came home to do his homework like always. They took it and showed it to people who became righteously outraged. 1992 being what it was, nobody had fax and copy machines readily available, and each did the denial. So they could just ask it for another one and do that for the father. I should have said, hey, people, you can be all outraged and do all this and that and the other. I'm 10 days away from promotion. I don't get promoted if I don't graduate and pass science class. But I told her I had lost it, which is what my parents told me to do. I was stuck in me, honoring my father and my mother and my wife. Mrs. Williams gave me a sheet, and I remember I had to go to the office to make a copy. I went to the office and made a copy to get it, and eventually passed funding. Got promoted to the ninth grade, made it through four years of high school, owned a college where I graduated with a bachelor's degree, and entered the world. In the long, strange twists and turns, that world sort of led me back to that classroom. The classes were okay for the most part. Now, I can tell you this because this is the type of person I've always been. I know I'm naive when I do this, so I don't want to hear all the lectures and all this, but some teachers get all upset about good things and bad. Now, I know some kids make it up, but I was the type of kid. If I needed to go to the bathroom, I wanted to have permission to go to the bathroom. So, without exception, the people asked me, I let them go one at a time. Now, I said 99 kids went. It wasn't near that many. I didn't think I had that many all day, but 99 kids flubbed. There was still one kid who really had to go. And I can tell you, when I was in school, that one kid was me. I never had to go unless I had to go. So I let them go. I figured if they're lying to me, they'll get called, and I can just say, I'm sorry, he said he really had to go. I mean, what are they going to do? Call me a charlatan and throw me out? They still got to have somebody substitute fire. But most kids, I believe, are halfway okay. So I let them go. But the class went pretty good. For the first class that I was there, I also had to uh, 
take another class to lunch. So lined up, I marched them to lunch without ease. The teacher said they know where to sit, they know what to do, and they did. Same school, same cafeteria, and what looked like the same chicken sandwiches. What I wanted to know were how deep were those freezers that they had there at the middle school. I can tell you that for the most part, I think that the first lady has good intentions with her less need and eat healthy campaign. I can tell you though, it has not reached everywhere. The healthiest thing that some of those kids have were the lettuce and tomato that they could add to the chicken sandwich, and I'm not sure that all of them added it to their chicken things. Most opted out of the lunch and when it said for the snack, got the chips and the cookies and the slurpees and the peanuts uh, and maybe dairy that been outlawed on the ground with the middle school. I was in there with what turned out to be another substitute who looked to be a little bit more at ease. I'm just serving all of the kids, mine and the others alike, see how I like and at the same time how different middle schools have become. It's still gathered and quick, but now the subject matter has changed. But I was facing this one kid uh, most of the time, not looking directly at him, but he was even in my direct or my peripheral vision the whole time. Then, with about 10 minutes left, he gets up, all of a sudden, flaps the hand on the side of his neck, walks up to me and says, Someone just stabbed me in my neck. Someone just stabbed me in my neck. Trying to act all rapid. And I'm thinking, Am I in the twilight zone here? There's something going on here. What's happening? And he goes, somebody just stabbed me in my neck. And the other teacher said, cut that out. So he walked away. And to his credit, he did have a scar on his neck. So maybe someone had stabbed him in his neck. But I knew it wasn't while I was looking at him. The craziness that ensues, right? But I made it through the rest of the day. 3.15 came. The students were dismissed to go home. I looked and the um, classroom was straight. The students had helped me collect all of the graphing calculators that were out there. I put them back in the tote bucket that was laid out and made sure the room was straightened up and left. So I stopped by the office and wondered if there was anything I needed to do, whether I needed to sign out. And the said, no, uh, substitutes don't need to sign out, but are you interested in selling all-day social studies class? And I said, absolutely, sign me up. So she wrote down all the information and put the paper for me and put me in her notebook. So... I had another opportunity. And I've gotten to the point where opportunity is not. I'm waiting on the other side. I get home and 
or Facebook to my news. And a woman that goes to the church saw it and said, I didn't know you were back in the area. How would you like to maybe start trying to sell at my school that I teach at, which she teaches at the local private Christian school? And I said, absolutely. Because you know what? Money is money, and Joey needs money. So she said, okay, I'll let you know. So she set me up and let me know. Go to this website, bring out a substitute application, fill it out, and bring it in. So I said, good to go. So the next day, I headed off to the library. And I tried every known method to bring this site up. And it wasn't working. I tried different browsers. I tried different computers. Nothing worked in bringing this site up. But you know what? Del Joy would have shrugged his shoulders and tried it again the next day. The meet Joy said, let's saddle up this course anymore. I had a copy of my resume. So I set off to find the place. Now, I knew how to approach it from one side, but I was not on that side. I was on the other side. And I was told by people it was on this one road. Well, they neglected to say that it was off that one road. It was on that road when you get to the end and take a left. Well, I thought it was on that one road, too. It was not. I went down that road. I got to the end. supposed to take a left or take a right. He was on the left. Of course, I took a right. I traveled about five miles and realized, hey, I need to stop now, get my bearings, or I can stay lost. I didn't want to stay lost. So I pulled over, put the flashes on, and then the small little quaint church area inserted into one map GPS icon. And he said there was no such place. Now, I knew that there was a place because I knew that the woman worked there. I knew the students who went there. And I knew where the place was, in theory, because I had passed it by it many times. I brought up my second Google Maps. Because, oh, yes, you're right here, and you're not that far from me. Turn around and go this way. So I turned around and went that way. Turn down this road. Okay, Google Maps, turn down this road. And when I turned down that second road, it was a little weird because it was a road, but there was no road marking. Now, some of the back roads there don't have markings. But I also went through a gate. The gate was open, but you don't see many roads with gates. I passed the barn. I passed this nice house, a lot of cars and I have this nice ball other ball. Now, as I'm going, the road is getting smaller and smaller. Then it turned into a dirt road. I kept going because Google Maps said you were going the right way. The dirt road became rougher and rougher. At one point, I go over this spot where planks or metal beams or something had been laid out as a kind of a makeshift bridge over this creek. And the dirt road leads me to the middle of the field and becomes two ruts in the road. Two ruts in the road, I may add, that are on Google Maps and are identified as a road. Well, I took the rut less traveled, 
and became a better man for it. I said, one mile. I don't see a school. I don't see a regular road. I'm turning around. Well, at eight-tenths of a mile, I come around the corner. The ruts are getting fewer and far between, and I see a cent across the rut. And I said, Google Maps, you have left me down. Something got lost in translation. So I turned around as quick as I could, back on the rut, more travel, back to the dirt road, over the little makeshift bridge by the creek, to the regular road with the markings on it, past the barn, past the house, dig and nice, and all the cars around it, after the barn, past the gate, and back to the road. Yeah, I thought, kill the app, brought it back up, and put the name of the school again, and I was off. And this time it told me to go a different way. And I got there, and it was good to the left of me, good to the right, and here I am, stuck in the middle with me in no school. So finally, I told Google Maps what to do with itself, and I turned it off and said, I'm just going to follow this road. And I saw something that I recognized. I go somewhere else. And finally, ended up going to the school on the way that I knew that I was going. Around my elbow to get to my phone, but to just, um, I had finally arrived. I go in, and it's about 10 minutes to three. Some of the little kids are getting out. It's a big place. I go in, I tell them that I couldn't get the thing off the website. They look at me like I was lying. I looked at them like I was not lying, because I knew myself. And I knew that I did not lie. And then it says, well, I can print you out an application. You can fill it out here. And I can tell you folks that I was the most involved application. They mostly involved the application in the and everything but my facial history and my blood type. And I think they only didn't know those because they ran out of ink for But Joey, this new Joey, he is determined, I said. I said he is determined to do the right So doing the right thing meant I feel that out that after. I dotted every I and I crossed it to see and I looked at it and I handed it and she says, do you mind if I contact your reference? And I thought to myself, that's why I put them on there. I'm pretty sure that you can contact And I said, no, man, contact away. So I left with my head held high because you know what? It being a private Christian school and my circumstances being a bit more being separated and all that, they could turn me down. And if they turn me down, that's fine. But I was no longer going to be scared. No fear, remember. No fear. So that day and the next day I got up. Nobody had called for a teaching job. So I went and loaded up my laptop and perusing things, and I noticed there was an update for my phone. Well, I updated my phone. Just like the update to iOS 7, the new update for the phone 
Evelyn's off. He kept not wanting to update, and then started to update it, so the update time was going to be four hours. Now, I realize that I probably too involved with my phone, and I admit that freely and without shame, but you know what? That's okay. I realize it's just the phone. The phone's been there for me when some people were not. And my life resolves from KG or at the front. It's good to step away for a couple of hours. But you realize then you know, how much you depend on the phone. You can't use it. But finally it finished and I got my phone. Later on the afternoon, I got a call from the woman and I got a substitute uh, position at that private school. So, well, ingenuity and know how never hurt. The rest of the week went by pretty quietly until we get to Friday. My first full day substitute. I get up, I take in my bath the night before, so I just freshened up a little at the fence, put on fresh deodorant, brush my teeth, make sure I was all right, and then put on some fresh clothes, showed up early, and apparently started the train. I thought, you know, if I got to be there and be going by 7.30, I was there by 7.15. Took a few deep breaths. Again, locked the car and headed forward. Well, the janitor had to open up the office for me and another substitute. I'll tell you what, I get there early. I could start a train. None of the regular teachers were there. But the other substitute knew where all of the items were. And so she signed in and and then I signed in and told the man that where I was and said, well, I don't know if the teacher's classes. And I'm like, okay. So while I was signing in, he went and apparently it was open. So I came back and I thanked him and asked him where the classroom was. He told me and I went and put myself down, read out the instructions that the teacher had left. And I was told sixth grade social studies. It ended up being sixth grade math. But they're preparing for their benchmark test. And so the teacher said to collect them and take them to the uh, Glasscape computer lab. The computer lab instructor and that they were supposed to be a freshman for the benchmark and then work on another assignment. Easy to use. And so, uh, the students start to trickle in. Of course, they feel self-esteem. They freak out, of course. And they start asking my name. And I try to calm them down and say, listen, uh, my name is Mr. Harris. I'm just a substitute for the day. And your teacher will be back on Monday. She has some instructions. First thing we got to do is get through the attendance report. So I get the yellow attendance sheet. I apologize ahead of time if I 
mispronounce on your name. I get through that okay. But students are funny. If they have any problems, go next door to Miss Tony's classroom. She gets straightened out. One young man who was sitting backwards in his chair, like he was some kind of 90 cool guy, said aloud to the classroom that he wasn't scared of Mr. So-and-so, and she knew that he wasn't scared of her because, and I quote, his grandmother would come up there and kick her ass. Now, the students are like, oh, my God, Mr. Harris, you have to write him up. No, here's the thing. He did wrong, and he knew that he did wrong. Write him up. You have to do it. I said, oh, calm down, calm down. Where's the fire? Ha, ha, ha. And so they said, we will go get you some write-up sheets. So they brought me back some write-up sheets, and I wrote up this. But here I am. And the computer teacher comes around because I'm, you know, ready for them. But I'm not going to take the hand because I think I'm coming down with something. And I'm going to go home early today. And I'm thinking, excuse me, you going to do what? She goes, hey, I'm going to leave early today. I'm not going to shake the hand. So she proceeded to leave and call all around me. I would have preferred if she had just shook my hand. But we make our way down to her computer lab. She sent out the instructions. I sent out little slips with their names and login instructions to them, and we're off. And the other substitute that had come in with me at the beginning of the day, but she had the classroom across the hall. And she told me, look, we do this all the time. What you need to do is take a sheet of paper, write on it, just mass uh, plastic today or in the computer room, and the students will know to go there. In the computer room attendant, we had gotten people started. They go down to their room, write on the piece of paper, tape it to the door, for classes are in the computer room today. So I set off and did that. When I got back from doing that, she said, I think you got this. I'll be right back. And she was gone for an hour. Well, not an hour. She was gone for 20 minutes. But then when she comes back, she packs up her stuff and says, oh, you have this. I said, what about this attendance sheet? Nobody's come around to get it. She said, I'll take that. And I asked her about the incident report. She took that, too. Later on, about 10 minutes before the first class was supposed to end, they called for the young man who had used the profanity in class and he didn't come back. They told me he was suspended. So I gave her that first class, the second class shows. Now because she was not not there and the computer teacher had left, I was there on my own. Now, I needed instructions. Stammered through them. So all the logins were wrong because the class was trying to do one thing instead of listening. I was probably thinking about that. And so it took me half the class to get everybody tried to get logged in. Some people didn't have logins. And we 
is just a big old mess. And so the third class, I'm trying to long keep one in, and a woman comes in and tells me that I shouldn't put the note there. Turns out she's the assistant principal that I didn't know. Now, I didn't throw the two teachers under the bus if I'm not that type of guy, but I wanted to. So then I go down to get them, and they were on their way, and she starts yelling at the kids. Now, I'll pick the fool responsibility. There There's no need for her to yell at the kids, but I didn't say it to her because I'm trying to stay on people's good thoughts, right? right? So there was no need for her to yell at the kids. It wasn't their fault. They were following the instructions. So we get back, and again, I'm trying to log them in and get their stuff and all this, that, and the other, and they were on an early schedule because they had something called activity day starting at 2 o'clock. So I'm spending to do this, I'm spending to do that, and I'm spending to do the other things, but I get through that. Third class and fourth class, I get through, I take attendance, I take them in there, I set them up, I take them once, I get them back, they get halfway through this stuff and we screen on all the tables. Finally, just the end of the day and it's the cleaning period and then they come back and I've got to hand out little slips the way they need to go for activity class. Well, the teacher had known she was going to be out. I wasn't in an activity uh, class and didn't have to do one. But I had some people that had left early and had another girl that had been there all year but didn't have a slip so we had to find a place for her that students just wandering around, not knowing where to go, and find a place for them. And then the other sub said, well, I guess you can leave. But, you know, it was my first full day, and I didn't feel really good about leaving at 2 o'clock, even that probably so I just stayed in the room, in my book for a while. Then I said, I'm going to try to tidy up. Now, the desk was set up. It was a chair. It was a wide desk. It's a place underneath the desk for folks and then a place placed above that to take the thing in a little trench for pencils or pins. And I saw something that sent me back to my own seat. A little pencil shavings in that little trench. So I said, I'll clean it up. And so I took my index finger and wiped down the trench to get out the pencil shaving only to pull my finger up and discover what I hope were fingernail clippings. So I was done cleaning out the desk, but I cleaned out the rest of the room, tied up, put all the chairs on the table, straightened up the room a little bit more, and at that point it was too sticky. I gathered up my stuff and I walked this main office. And again, ran into the assistant person. And she's like, thank you so much for subbing today and helping us out. And she asked me where I was, where I lived, and just telling me her son uh, was in football at the local rec league in the Baptist church. So they didn't have any new subbing jobs. For me, this upcoming there's still no chance they call me. And I thought that was the end of my tale until today. 
I took my daily walk as I'm headed back. My home, I see four young boys. One of the boys comes up to me. I take a earbud out. He says, hey, weren't you my teacher this week? And I said, oh, yeah, hey, how are you? You doing good? He said, yeah. He said, hey, so-and-so. He was our teacher this week. And I looked, and it was another young man I had yesterday. And I said, hi. And so I followed Ramble. These kids have been yelled at because of me for no reason. Half of them had missed their quizzes because of the stupid blogging thing and me not really been knowing what to do. And one of their kinds has been suspended over something he did that he falls with me. All of that. And now they know where I live. I'll keep you posted. But folks, I am just about out of time here. For this week, got to close it up just a little teeny bit early tonight. But I thank you all for joining me this week. And as always, you can reach me several ways. I am on Twitter at the Joey Heron. I'm also on Facebook. You can be my friend at facebook.com forward slash Joey H37. And as always, you can email me, Joey Heron's Comedy at gmail.com. Folks, we're thinking forward and we are staying with a more positive outlook. I'm glad you joined me and I hope you continue to join me on this journey. But that's it for this week. Until next week, good night.